ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಘುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಪೂರ್ಣಮದ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದ ಪೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದಚ್ಯತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾದೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಶ್ರುತಿಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಣಾಲಯಂಕರುಣಾಲಯಮಿ ಭಗವತ್ಪಾದ ಶಂಕರಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತೌ ವಂದೇ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇದಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ಸಕ್ತಾಕರ್ಮಣ್ಯವಿ ಭಾರತ ಕುರ್ಯಾಸಕ್ತೀರ್ಷುರ್ಲೋಕಸಂಗ್ರಹ ನ ಬುದ್ಧಿಭೇದ ಜನಯೇದ ಅಜ್ಞಾಕರ್ಮಸಂಗಿನೋಷೇತ್ಸರ್ವಕರ್ಮಿ ವಿಕ್ತ ಸಮಾಚರನ್ನ ಯಥಾವಿಂಸ ಕರ್ಮಣಿ ಸಕ್ತಿ ಹೇರ್ಜುನ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಆಸ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆಂಟ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ನಾಟ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಇಗ್ನರೆಂಟ್ ಬಟ್ ಅನ್ಇಂಟೆಲಿಜೆಂಟ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಇವನ್ ಕರ್ಮಯೋಗಿ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಇಸ್ ಅನ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆಂಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಬಟ್ ದೆನ್ ಹಿ ಕಂಡಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಹಿಮ್ಸೆಲ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಅನ್ ಇಂಟೆಲಿಜೆಂಟ್ ಮ್ಯಾನರ್ ವಟ್ ಇಂಟೆಲಿಜೆಂಟ್ intelligent manner is to conduct myself in tune with the realities of life conduct myself in tune with the reality of myself with the reality of the world what's the reality the reality about myself is that i already am i'm limitless meaning that there is nothing that i've accomplished or achieved you understand that karma is not to be made a means of achieving what i don't have karma should rather be made a means of getting rid greed of the obstacles which deny me the experience of myself and therefore for a bhogi for a samsari for an unintelligent person karma or action becomes a means of achieving what the person does not have for a yogi on the other hand karma becomes a means of getting rid of the impurities of likes and dislikes because that takes into account the fact that i already am what i am seeking to be 
that there is nothing to become, but there is something to own up, something to recognize. I have to own up myself, become an owner of what I am. And what deprives me of the ownership of what I am is these obstacles of attachment, ever and ignorance. So karma yogi is a person who is devoted to getting rid of ignorance. <coughs> and that is how the karma can be performed in the spirit of yoga. So there is intelligent living, meaning living in keeping with the reality of myself. Purnoham, that I am Purnaha. Although it is still not a matter of my experience, it's still not a matter of my knowledge, but I understand. It's called Jnanam, Jnanam. Intellectual, indirect knowledge. It makes sense to me that what I am seeking to be is myself. That what I am seeking to be is limitless. And nothing can, so nasty akrutah krutena. Akruta means that which is not created, which is eternal, meaning that which is beyond the limit of time, place, which is limitless, and that is myself. That can be achieved by karma. Tad vijnanartam. Therefore, one who has value for knowledge. So, one who has value for knowledge, you understand that it is knowledge of self that ultimately is what I want. However, you also understand that before you can gain the knowledge, that preparation is required, the purification of mind is required. So his agenda is purification of mind, getting rid of likes and dislikes. So this is how a karma yogi lives life intelligently, <coughs> in keeping with the reality of the self. On the other hand, with an unintelligent person, who takes as real what his conclusion is. The conclusion is that I am inadequate being, I am incomplete, I have to become adequate, I have to become complete. And therefore, karma or the action is looked upon as the means of making me complete. Therefore, he performs karma to become something that is not. Thus, this is quite contrary to the reality of one's own self. So living life in keeping with reality of myself is living intelligently. Living in the contrary way is living unintelligently. So vidwan avidwan. Sattaha karmani avidwam sahar. The unintelligent people who not understood the reality of life, who not understood the scheme of things, who take their desires to be real, and fulfilling desire seems to be the way to be successful in life. And therefore they are motivated by the prospect of fulfilling the desire. They are motivated by attaining something which is most desirable, which this karma or action will bring. So their eyes are only on the outcome. Action is nothing but a means of producing a desirable outcome. It is that possibility of gaining the desirable outcome that really creates enthusiasm in them. That's what is, creates motivation in them. That's what creates enthusiasm in them. Here, you know, you'll find that these people are performing their actions very enthusiastically with a great deal of commitment. They're quite, they are quite devoted to them. Although for the wrong cause, but the enthusiasm is there. So Lord Krishna is saying here 
that enthusiasm is an extremely important thing in life. That's what brings about commitment, that's what devotion. So commitment, devotion, enthusiasm, these are very important things. Although an ignorant, unintelligent person has those things from a wrong understanding, but he has them. Here, you know, you are a yogi. You are an intelligent person. So you will not perform your actions for achieving what you don't have. You will perform actions to get rid of likes and dislikes. You will perform actions as an offering. You will perform actions rid of yoga. We should have the same enthusiasm. Because without, otherwise, the karma will not be properly done. If you're not, you don't have enthusiasm to do something, you cannot put your whole heart in that. And therefore the quality of karma will suffer. So you must samyakcha achara, you must do your job well. With enthusiasm, with commitment, like you see other people having it. Except that your motivation should be different from theirs. Chikirsu, loka sangraham. Your motivation comes from this understanding that Ishwara has made me an instrument in helping people, meaning that make, made me an instrument to serve the people, make an offering to the people, Ishwara in the form of the people. As Ramana Maharshi says, Jagadishadi Yukta Sevanam Ashtamurti Vrit Deva Poojanam. This Jagad itself is nothing but manifestation of Ishwara. So, what is meant by offering to Ishwara? Is nothing but offering to Jagad with, the, with this spirit or attitude that I am making an offering to Ishwara in the form of Jagad. Chikishu, Loka Sangraham. So, this is the attitude of Karma Yogi. His enthusiasm comes from, and commitment comes from that. So, kuryad vidvam satha asaktaha. Different saktaha, asaktaha. Attached, unattached. Unintelligent, intelligent. Kuryad vidvan. Vidvan means this intelligent person also should also perform the action with the same enthusiasm, same devotion, same commitment. Except that, his motivation comes from making an offering, being an instrument to make an offering to Ishwara. <coughs> and in so doing, na buddha janayet. Do not unsettle the belief of the people with whom you are working. Agnyanam, karma sanginam, the unintelligent people are naturally going to have attachment to the outcome of the action. That is the most important thing for them. They also will take the ownership of performing the action and pride themselves in performing action. All of this shows a lack of intelligence. But you do not unsettle their understanding. <clears throat> Don't try to preach them Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. This is not Jagat is Mithya. Don't tell them that. You are Brahman. This is not necessary to tell them. Because this teaching will not make any impact on them. Jagat is Mithya. Suppose you say that, they won't be able to understand what is meant by this Jagat is Mithya. They would understand Mithya means false, Mithya means all wrong, Mithya means useless. So, with that kind of a thing, he will lose interest in Jagat also. And, of course, he is not discovering interest in terms of 
knowledge of the self, so the person loses all enthusiasm. That is why do not unsettle the mind of the people. Joseph, Sarva Karamani, on the other hand, you encourage them to perform the actions. Vidvan Yukta Samacharan, you yourself are you remaining remain diligent in your action and encourage them also to perform the action. Lord Krishna says that action is at any rate better than inaction. Even action performed for fulfilling one's desire also is better than not doing something. When you perform action, you are in some way participating in the scheme of things. Because as we saw yesterday, everything is active in the universe. Lord Krishna said that if I do not diligently and constantly perform my action as Avatara Krishna or as the, as the universe, which is manifestation of Ishvara. And therefore, whether it is sun or moon, fire, earth, water, whatever it is, all of these elements, every atom also is constantly in motion, is active. So action is what in fact runs the wheel of this creation. Inaction will bring it to a stop. Therefore, even if these people perform action as motivated by self-centered desires, doesn't matter. If they will withdraw and not do any better than that, is they even perform the self-centered action. Win their confidence, win their respect by being one among them and by, by also functioning with as, as much enthusiasm as they are, win their confidence, become their leader, win their respect. Then they will look up to you. Then they will do what you are doing. And then they will listen to you. So whatever you consider as truth, this is what they will also ultimately, you know, subscribe to, provided you have earned their respect. <coughs> So this is the advice given to a karma yogi as to how the karma yogi should conduct himself or herself while interacting or working in the midst of people. <clears throat> now in the next two verses, Lord Krishna sort of amplifies the idea. Lord Krishna used two words in the verse 26 or verse 25. Avidvamsa and Vidwan. So Avidwan and Vidwan, these two words are used. Sakta karmani Avidvamsa. Avidvamsa is a plural word, Avidwan. Avidvat. And second line is Kuryad Vidwan. So these two words are used Vidwan, Avidwan. Wise, unwise. Intelligent, unintelligent. Enlightened, Unenlightened, these two kinds of people are there. What is the nature of this enlightenment? What is it the Vidwan or the wise person knows that the other person does not know? What do you mean by ignorance? When you say this person is ignorant, what do you mean by that? He seems to be a very knowledgeable person, seems to be well versed in the worldly things, he is an expert in his field of activity. And he is very efficient in what he does. How do you call him unintelligent? People are people of great achievements also. They may achieve, you know, name, fame, recognition, which is what the world respects. How do you call them unintelligent? They are very intelligent people. 
Maybe great scientists, great economists, all of these people from the Vedantic standpoint, how do you call them unintelligent? What is unintelligence? And what is intelligence? So that is what is explained in the next two verses. <clears throat> so verse 27 explains what is unintelligence? What is ignorance? <clears throat> how does ignorance manifest itself in our life? So how do I, what do you mean by saying that I am ignorant? Lord Krishna says, Prakrute kriyamanani Gunai karmani sarvashaha Ahankara vimudhatma Kartahamiti manyate So Lord Krishna in the first line says, who performs action? This is a very important verse and this is the verse of Vedanta, so far as of Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga is not so much Vedanta, Vedanta means Tattvamasi or Atma Anatma Viveka, the discrimination between the self and non-self, discrimination between what is real and unreal. So that discrimination or separation is being described here by Lord Krishna. The first line says, what is that perform? You say Swami that Atma is actionless. Atma does not perform any action. Then what performs action? We see actions being performed all the time. And a person who says Atma is action also performs actions. It is your talking. Talking also is an action. In the fifth chapter, Lord Krishna says, the wise person says, Naivakinchit karomiri, I do not do anything. While eating, drinking, speaking, talking, listening, hearing, hear, all of this, he says, I don't do anything. Who is doing it? You are doing it. And if you are saying that I am not doing, isn't that an action also? I am not talking. Is it not an action? Yes, talking in action is an action. But I am not doing it. Then who does it? When you say Atma is actionless, Atma does not perform action, then who performs action? Lord Krishna explains that in the first line, Prakrutehe gunaihi karmani sarvasha kriyamanani Karmani, all the actions. We have five organs of action. So organ of speech performs the act of speaking. And of course the organs of perception, the hands perform the various actions, the legs perform the act of motion, the eyes see, the ears hear, all of these activities are going on constantly. So who carries out, who performs those activities? Prakrutehe gunahi karmani kriyamanani. Here you know gunahi, vikarahi, it is by modification of prakruti. What is prakruti? Matter. So here we, we are introduced to these two entities, Purusha and Prakruti. Purusha, the consciousness. Prakruti, the matter. Sometimes they call spirit and matter. Purusha and Prakruti. Purusha means the conscious being or the consciousness. And Prakruti is the matter. So what it is this? 
the creation is possible only when there is a union between the Purusha and Prakriti. Purusha alone cannot bring about creation. Prakriti alone cannot bring about creation. It is a union of the two, Purusha and Prakriti, that brings about creation. Just as in the light bulb also. Electricity alone cannot bring about light. The filament in the bulb also cannot bring about light by itself. So union of electricity and filament that brings about the light. And so also, what brings about the life in ourselves? We are a union of these two entities, Purusha and Prakriti. Purusha, the consciousness, the self. Prakriti is matter. What is this matter? Prakriti gunai. This matter manifests in various modifications. Prakriti has these three gunas, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. So our personality, the person and personality, is other expression you can use. The person and the personality. Atma, Anatma. Self, non-self. Spirit, matter. A consciousness, matter. In the 13th chapter, Lord can use expressions Kshetrajna and Kshetra. <coughs> so this theme is there throughout Bhagavad Gita. And this discrimination, what is happening is that where there are two entities, we take them to be one entity. What are the two? When, what I call I. This In I, there is this lumping together of the two entities. We think I is one, but I actually incorporates or involves two entities, Purusha and Prakriti, the self and non-self, spirit and matter. So this Prakriti or the matter is made up of three gunas, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Our body, the gross body, is a product of the Tamas. Tamas means dullness, darkness, inertia. So Tamas aspect of the Prakriti or the matter is becomes our body. The religious aspect of the Prakriti gets transformed into the organs of action and the prana, the vital air. And the sattva aspect of the Prakriti gets transformed as the organs of perception and the mind. So what is our personality? The body, sense, mind, complex. Of them, the body is tamoguna tamas. Senses are two kinds, the organs of action and organs of perception. Organs of action, product of rajas. Organs of perception, product of sattva. And the mind, product of sattva. The sattva, rajas and tamas. These three gunas called prakriti or matter or maya. So this maya we cannot understand, this maya. Maya is nothing but the matter. So, made up of sattva, rajas, tamas, trigunas. That is what manifests our personality, made up of the body, senses, mind, complex. But prakriti is inert, understand, lifeless, insentient. But we find that our body is sentient, body has life, the mind also is sentient, the sense organs also are sentient. Therefore, 
there must be something that provides sentience to this insentient entity. For example, this filament in the bulb is dark, is insentient, meaning it's not. But when you find the filament glowing, the bulb is glowing, then you know that there must be something which imparts the glow to this filament. Because filament by itself doesn't glow, that we know. So also, this body-mind complex by itself is inert, lifeless. If we find it to be sentient, that shows that there is something that imparts sentiency to this body-mind complex. What is that? That is the purusha, that is the self, that is the consciousness. Just as in our standard example of a red-hot iron ball, you know, imagine iron ball which is cold to touch and black in color. This iron ball, you place it in a furnace, heat it, becomes red-hot. So now we have a fireball which is a combination, union of iron and fire. Looks one entity. Fireball looks one entity. But it's a union of iron and fire. What happens is that the fire pervades every atom of iron. That being the case, we cannot separate the iron. We cannot say that here is iron and here is fire because wherever iron is, there the fire is. And so also the consciousness pervades every atom or every cell of this prakriti. And therefore, consciousness pervades the mind, the sense organs, the body. That's the reason why these things are glowing with life. And that's the reason why we take the body to be self. We would never take a lifeless thing to be self. These nails, as long as they are here, they are myself. When you clip them, they fall on the ground. They are no more myself because I don't identify with them. By habit, we take a self, what is sentient? What is life? Because I know that I am a conscious being. And I take for granted that the sentiency or the consciousness that the body displays belongs to the body, not realizing that it is the borrowed sentiency. Like the glow that the bulb displays is borrowed from electricity. It is not inherent in the bulb itself. So also the sentience in the body, the mind, is not inherent in the body-mind. It is borrowed from self or the consciousness. But we do not know this difference. And therefore we take for granted that the sentience that is in the body belongs to body and that is why the body is habitually taken to be the self. So this is the manifestation of ignorance in our life that we take what is not self to be the self, the body which is not self is taken to be self, the sense organs are not the self taken to be the self, the mind is not the self taken to be the self. So what's wrong? What does it matter? Then it's a, it's, it's a very... Uh, grave consequences. Because then when I take the body to be myself, then I am as good as the body, as big as the body, as limited as the body. Then in body, the hand, arm is lifted. I say, I, my arm is lifted. I, 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 I lift my arm, my arm is lifted. Body jumps, I jump. 
Body falls, I fall. Body is sick, I am sick. Body is old, I am old. Body is dying, I am dying. What's wrong with that Swami? That's all right. I am sick, I am old, I am dying. But are you comfortable with that fact? Are you comfortable with the fact that you are you are old, that you are dying, that you are sick? I am not. That you are mortal, you are subject to death. Are you comfortable with that? Not at all because I love immortality. I cannot accept death. So identification in the body creates all these complexes. I am a man, woman, tall, short, fair, dark, whatever. And again, identification sense organs creates other complexes. Identification mind creates other complexes. So Lord Krishna says, Prakrute kriyamani gunai karmani sarvasha. Here, Arjuna, all the actions in every way are performed by prak- the modification of prakriti. Is the mind that perform ex- performs actions, organs of actions that perform the actions, is the body that is involved in the action, is the body, mind, sense complex, in fact, that performs actions. Then what's the role of the self? What does self do? Does not participate in action at all, it is merely in presence of self that all the actions take place. <coughs> Just as in presence of magnet, how the iron filings become active and they are attracted to those magnets. So the motion in the iron filings in presence of magnet is due to presence. Magnet does not invite them. Magnet does not, in fact, magnet is just present. How in presence of magnet automatically the iron becomes energized. Just as in prism of electricity, how the fan becomes energized and starts rotating, bulb becomes energized and starts glowing, electricity does not turn the fan. In prism of electricity, fan rotates. Electricity is simply present. So also, the self or the consciousness is just present. It is. And in the very presence, this body-mind complex is enlivened and starts performing its activities. <coughs> In the olden days, we used to have a music box, you know. All of you know what a music box is. And it has a, a little battery cell. This one had a battery cell which could be charged. It was a solar battery cell. So if you hold it against the, the sunlight, that cell would get energized, charged, and then this music box will start, you know, because all little motors are there, little drums are there, all of them start to become active and wonderful music would come out. When you hold it, fortunately that music box says, I could hold it in this light also. And then this light also is able to energize that battery and the music box would start. So question is, who is playing music? See the music box is here, not exposed to the light, there is no music. Light by itself also is no music. It's when I hold this music box before the light that the music starts. Who is playing music? Light says, I don't do anything. If you ask light, hey, what are you doing? Come on, stop it. So if I keep holding this and I ask light, come on light, stop it. Light says, I'm not doing anything. 
who is playing? You can say that is music box that is playing the music. Light's presence. Light simply energizes the battery and in presence of light, the music is going on. And so also in the presence of the self, the music of the body-mind complex goes on. That's what we call the action. This is how it is. That who am I? I'm the Purusha. I'm the self. I'm the consciousness. I'm just the presence. I'm actionless, non-participating. I'm just, I just am. So self-revealing, self-shining, self-sufficient consciousness, I am. In my presence, all the actions take place. That's the reality. However, the second line says, Ahankar vimudhatma kartahamitamanyate. Ahankara. Now this also is a technical term. Ahankara. Here ahankara does not mean what we generally mean in our regional language, namely, namely pride or, you know, that's not ahankara here. Ego is a word, of course, but as long as you understand, the word ego also is understood as pride. If ahankara is translated ego, whatever, as long as you understand. What is ahankara? Ahankara is the I notion. A sense of individuality arising because of identification of the body-mind complex. So this consciousness, Swamiji, who is ahankara? Who feels a sense of individuality? These questions often arise, who is ignorant? Who has to become liberated? Who is the ahankara? We only have to say that it is Brahman, the consciousness. Identifying with the body-mind complex looks upon itself as an individual being. So who suffers from this complex of a sense of individuality or sense of smallness? Only Brahman, because that's the only entity. So consciousness of the self identified with this body-mind complex because of identification, this notion arises that I am such and such, I am so and so. Ahankara vimudhatma because of that vimudha atma antahakaranam one whose mind is variously deluded because of identification with the body-mind complex. So if you ask me who are you every time my answer is different. Who are you? I am a human being. Who are you? I am a speaker. Who are you? I am a listener. Who are you? I am a thinker. Who are you? I am happy. Who are you? I am unhappy. Who are you? I am great. Who are you? I am sad. Every time my answer is different. How come? Because that answer comes from identification, different aspect of my personality. So I am tall, identification with the body. I am fat, identification with the body. I am sad, identification with the mind. I am hungry, identification with my prana. I am intelligent, identification with my intellect. Vimudhatma, vividhena mudaha, variously deluded. In all of them, the eye sense is there. The sense of individuality is involved in all of them. Ahankara vimudhatma, on account of identification with the intellect, with the mind, with the senses, with the body, this person says, kartaham, I am doing. So the self is in fact a non-doer. But because of 
identification, you think that I'm doing. Something similar to watching a movie. This process of identification, you know how it works. Watching a movie. Particularly you're watching a movie in which your very favorite actress or actress is there. And you're watching with great interest and with great absorption. We become so identified what's going on the screen that we forget who we are. And when that fellow wins a million dollar, ten million dollar lottery and he jumps, I hear also jump with joy as I won ten million dollars, although in my pocket not even ten cents are there. And that fellow is crying there. Why is he crying? Because his wife has left him. I start crying here also. There's no wife, nothing. And still then, because you forget who you are, you become something else. So what is identification? Identification is becoming something that I'm not. Forgetting what I am and becoming something that I am not, this is identification. So forgetting that I'm consciousness, forgetting that I'm limitless, forgetting that I'm a whole complete being and taking myself a mortal being. Because body is mortal, so I am mortal. Because ignorance and intellect, so I am ignorant. Because this body-mind complex is limited, so I am limited. This is identification because of this, all these complexes are generated. Vimudhatma, entertaining variety of complexes. Brands themselves, kartaham, I am a doer. Bhoktaham, all other complexes. Karta is one, this karta manifests in various ways. When I say I am a speaker, that means what? I am the agent of act of speaking. I am a listener, that means I am the agent of act of listening. I am an eater, agent of act of eating. I am a walker, agent of act of walking. This is what I constantly think about myself. Because of identifying myself with what I am not. Karta, that is why Lord Krishna said, then, that's why I have the abhimanam. I have this notion that I am the doer. I am performing this action. This is my result. I have to enjoy that result. So this karta brings about the bhokta. The sense of doership brings about a result, the sense of enjoyership. So when the result comes, I become bhokta, the experience of the result. If I like what I am experiencing, I am happy. I do not like what I am experiencing, I am unhappy. If I am happy, it doesn't stop there. I want to become happier, and so I repeat that action. Unhappy, I want to avoid it, I avoid the action. This, this happiness and happiness bring about further desires, further actions. This is how this kartrutu bhaktrutu chain goes on. And that's the reason why we find that people are sakta, identified. They entertain this notion that I am the doer. I have to enjoy the result of this action. I will be the enjoyer. That is why asakti or attachment comes from this notion, I am karta, I am bhakta. Which again comes from identification. Which again comes from ignorance. So ignorance brings about identification. Identification brings about the notion of doership or enjoyership. That brings about the attachment to what I am doing, what I am enjoying. <coughs> so this is called avidvam sahab. Ignorant people, unintelligent people. How about the vidwan? Next verse tells us who is the vidwan or intelligent wise person. Tattva vittu maha baho 
गुणकर्म विभागयो गुणागुणेशु वर्तन्ते न सज्जते So one who knows the Atatmam, the true nature of Guna, Karma Vibhaga. One who knows the division of the Guna and the Karma. What is the Guna? We just told you, this body, mind, sense complex is the Guna, meaning the, it is modification of matter. Karma, they perform various actions. So here is the wise person who knows who is doing what. You see, an ignorant person, it is the organ of speech that performs the act of speaking. An ignorant person says, I am the speaker. By identifying with the organ of speech, I say, I am the speaker. The eyes perform the action of seeing. By identifying with the eyes, I say, I am the seer. The organ of hearing performs the action of hearing. I say, I am the hearer, I am the listener. That's an ignorant person. The wise person knows the speaking takes place at the level of organ of speech. The hearing takes place at the level of organ of hearing. The seeing takes place at the level of organ of sight. The walking takes place at the level of the organ of motion. Actions take place at the level of the hands or arms. And this he knows very well. That the actions are being performed by the respective organs or respective limbs. Guna karma vibhagayo tattvavit. One who is a knower of the truth of the vibhaga, the division between guna and karma, between the organs and the respective objects. <coughs> so, in what way does he know this? Gunaha guneshu. Second line says, Gunaha guneshu vartante. He knows, I do not do anything. Same verse, similar description comes fifth chapter we just told you. Wise person says, I do not do anything. I do not speak. I do not hear. I do not see. I do not walk. I do not talk. I do not eat. Then who is walking? Legs are walking. Who is speaking? The organ of speech is speaking. Who is hearing? Ears are hearing. Who is seeing? Eyes are seeing. Who is eating? Well, the, uh, the mouth is eating. Who is digesting? The stomach is digesting. What are you doing? I don't do anything. <laughs> Who is talking? The organ of speech is talking. I am not talking. That's the reality. That's the truth. Tattvavit, one who knows his truth. Meaning that one who knows himself as he is, knows that I am Purusha, I am the person, I am the consciousness. 
And consciousness has no shape, no form, no boundary. Consciousness that you are is not different from consciousness that I am, that I am one non-dual. It's not that there are many consciousnesses or sparse of consciousness. Because consciousness cannot be divided, it is undivided, indivisible. Like the space cannot be divided, you can erect walls in the space and believe that space is divided into many halls or many rooms, but space doesn't get divided by the rooms. It's not that space is within the walls, the walls are within space. We think that the consciousness is confined just to this body, that consciousness is in the body, is the other way around, the body is in consciousness. So thus one who knows his true self, one has become free from identification of the body-mind complex, who realizes, Chidananda Rupa, Shivoham, Shivoham, as Shankarajara says, Mano buddhi ahankara chittayanam, this manaha buddhi ahankara chittam, that I am not. How come you are not? I am the witness. I am the witness of all my thoughts, all my feelings, all my knowledge, I am the witness. Organs of perception I am not. Again, I am the witness of the organs of perception, organs of action, of the body, of the whole world. I am the witness, the illuminator. So witnessing, illuminating consciousness I am. This is the reality. The one who knows is reality. And therefore, he just does not identify, meaning that he does not commit the mistake of taking the body or sense organs or mind or intellect the self. He knows them as they are. Like the person watching the movie and maintaining the role of a spectator and not becoming one of the characters of the movie. Or like an actor who performs his role on the stage and who is aware of the identity. Even though he acts takes the role of a beggar. You ask him, hey, who is begging? I am not begging. We see you begging. On the stage, the actor is begging. I am not begging. Who does the begging? Begging takes place in my presence. Is it not so? Because even when he is begging, he is aware of his identity that I am the wealthy person, I am the actor. So also wise person is aware of his true identity or nature that I am the self, I am the consciousness. And all actions are taking place in my presence. Word and action. Gunaha, Guneshu Vardhande. The sense organs interact with the respective sense objects. The ears interact with the sound. The organ of speech interacts with the words, etc. So these sense organs interacting with the respective sense objects is what is called action. And that action takes place in my presence. Tattvavit one who knows this, this is a reality. Whether we know it or not, one who knows this reality, nasajjade, he does not get identified. That being the case, he does not get attached to anything. <clears throat> Attachment comes when there is sense of mine, I and mine. This is I and this is mine. This is my action. This is my result. Wait a minute, I did it. This belongs to me. So an ignorant person claims ownership of something. This is my body, my wife, my family, my child, my house, my this. Swamiji, what do you mean? We should we stop doing this thing? Don't stop it. 
We are just saying what the is a, is a vision of the wise person. Simply not saying that this is not my house doesn't become not my house, you know. It's not simply, we are not talking about just simply declaring. It is seeing this fact. Until you see the fact, behave as, as whatever be your perception, let your life be compatible to your perception. You take this body to be yourself, then let the life be compatible to that. Don't say, I am not the body, Swamiji. You say, I am not the body, okay. So body falls sick, this fellow doesn't do anything. People do this. Vedanta is, I am not the body. So what, do I, what does it matter? Why don't you go to the doctor? I am not the body. Why don't you take care of this? I am not the body. I am not the mind. But you are angry. I am not angry. He says, I am not angry, he is angry also. <laughs> so then they remain simply words. We are not saying that just simply repeat these things. Whatever be our knowledge right now, that should be, our life should be compatible to whatever perception is. There is no need to make believe something and thinking some way and behaving in a different way. Just be true to what you understand. But this is ultimate understanding. And we should know that ultimately, we have to get this understanding. Then alone we can be really free. Otherwise we are not free. Otherwise I am confined to this one body-mind complex. I can never be free because I am one among many. I am the whole of universe is so vast and I am just insignificant creature. Always afraid and I have to defend myself. So I am always a ninja fighting and always defending myself. Asserting myself or defending myself. That's all samsara. And that samsara will not end unless this knowledge takes place. So reason why the wise person doesn't get attached, there's no reason to attach. I get attached because I'm seeking security from that, that's why I get attached to something. I don't give up hold of something. Because what will happen to me without that? No need because you are everything. That being the case, there's no insecurity at all. Iti Matvana said, therefore, the wise person who knows his truth, does not get attached, does not, you know, he does not have any complexes. He, actions get performed anyway. Not that the actions stop being performed because of this wisdom, both actions are performed by prarabdha anyway. And so the prarabdha or destiny will continue to function. As we said yesterday, wise person is a witness of what is going on in the body, in the mind, in the senses, in the world. And so concluding the discussion in the verse 29, what was said earlier alone is being explained in these three verses, by the way. So it was said how a wise person should not unsettle the belief of the ignorant person. The same thing is stated in the verse 29. Prakruter gunasammudhaha Sajjante gunakarmasu Tāna krishna vidho mandān Krishna vinna vichālayer Prakṛtehe guna sammudhā Prakṛtehe gunai sammudhā Samyak mudhā People who are identified with this modification of prakṛti identified the body, sense organs, mind, intellect they are called they are samudaha, very firmly deluded by the, because of identification with the 
matter with the modification of the matter, which is the body-mind complex. Sajjante guna karmasu. Sajjante. They get identified. They get attached. Guna karmasu with gunas and karma. Guna means sense organs, the mind and the actions performed by them. Sajjante. They get identified with them. Meaning that the mind is thinking. He says, I am the thinker. Eyes are saying, he says, I am the seer. Etc. So sajjante guna karmasu. They become identified with that. Here they we should say, we actually we should say, you know. So they means ignorant people. Means what? People who do not have the knowledge of the truth about themselves, they take something what they are not to be themselves. <coughs> so this is what, hey Arjuna, when you go and work in the midst of people, these are the people with whom you are working. And therefore, understand this. Be sympathetic to them. Be compassionate to them. Somebody asks Swamiji, what do I do? I get angry because somebody tells to, I can't tolerate that. Be compassionate. No, you are an honest person, you are a truth, you are a person speaking truth, committed to truth, which is wonderful. The person Swamiji is telling lies, you know. Don't get angry. Be compassionate to that person also. Why does he tell lie? Out of helplessness. Nobody would want to tell a lie if they had the freedom. But some, some pressure within, some greed, some fear, some insecurity, some temptation is what pressurizes the person to tell a lie, to get angry, to be greedy. Meaning that the values are violated not because of one's will, because of helplessness. So ignorance is a helpless. We are not created ignorance. We are not decided to identify with this body-mind complex. It is habitual. This is called Nai Sarge Koyam Loka Vyavahara Aham Mamedi. This time going on, Swamiji, when, since when, when did it start? From the time beginningless, this is going on. Meaning that we are born with this tendency to identify with the body. Take the body to be the self. All living beings. Whoever is born is born ignorant. And because of ignorance, there is a habit of taking this body-mind complex to be myself. No exception. Except the avatara. Except incarnation, that's all. Other than that, everybody is born with his ignorance. So, no, you cannot blame somebody for ignorance, because nobody has created ignorance. Who created ignorance this Swami? People get frustrated with ignorance. Who created this? Why is it there? I don't know who created it. Nobody creates ignorance. It's there. Ignorance creates everything. Nobody creates ignorance. Ignorance does everything, nobody does. You know, if ignorance could be created, then we stop creating it. Then it will be fine. Ignorance has no beginning. Thank God that it has an end. Ignorance has no beginning, but it can end. Like darkness in a cave has no beginning. Nobody can tell you when this darkness begins. It is always there. You bring in light, darkness gets dispelled. So also ignorance is always there. So everybody is born ignorant. And the waver is born with this notion of self and individuality. It's called ahankara. Identifying with this body-mind complex. This is the case with everybody. Now, there are vivek intelligent people who are fortunate enough to be exposed to a teaching like this. And so they understand what is going on with us also. And understand how my various complexes arise from this identification. 
how I take myself different from what I am and I'm suffering from that. So one who has understood the cause of suffering. When you see other people suffering, then you cannot be angry at them. You have to, can only be sympathetic to them, compassionate to them. Swami is ignorant. That's all right. That is not his fault. He is egoistic. That's not his fault. He is an angry person. Not his fault. There is nobody's fault because ignorance and the complex is born of ignorance. This is, they, they, they do this. Therefore, Lord Krishna says, do not unsettle their mind. Do not start giving them upadesha that you are not this body-mind complex, you are not the ego, you are consciousness, you are this, that. Don't tell them that. You are already complete, you are a whole, why are you doing anything? You don't need to do anything, you don't have to become anything. Stop doing, don't say that. Tan akrasnavidaha. Krasnavid, akrasnavid. These two expressions. So, vidwan, avidwan. Wise, ignorant. In this verse, Krutsnavit, Akrutsnavit. Which? Krutsnavit means what? Complete. One who knows complete. Akrutsnavit, incomplete. One who knows incomplete. So here what Akrutsnavit is in the sense is in the Atma, Akrutsnavit is in the Anatma. Krutsnavit, one who knows the nature of a self. Akrutsnavit, one who takes Anatma to be Atma. So they will be naturally, they are samsaris, they are bhogis, their attachment to various things, they always want the result of their actions, they are, you know, they always feel happy when the desire is satisfied, unhappy when it is not satisfied, this is how the things are. Just understand what, so Lord Krishna explained the mechanism of why people are what they are. How the identification habitually takes place and how the complexes arise. So once you understand, then you understand why people behave the way they do. When you understand, then you can have sympathy or compassion for them. See, compassion should arise only out of understanding. Then there is a genuine compassion. So understand, why does a person act, why does he act like this, Swamiji? Ignorance. Ignorance brings about identification. That brings about complexes. That brings about all kinds of insecurities and fears. That brings about greed. That brings about aggression. That brings about anger. That brings about attachment. That brings about competition. All of these are products of ignorance. You see people doing like this, they are Swamiji, they are all acting like nothing but uh, like this different insects and worms and fighting like dogs fighting. That is what ignorance does. Now you are a wise person. Do not look down upon them. Do not condemn them. You know, do not hate them. Be sympathetic, be compassionate to them. Love them. If you ever want to help them, yeah, Arjuna, you won't be able to help them by giving this upadesha. You can help them by being compassionate to them and loving them. Then they will love you also, then they will even be willing to listen to you. Otherwise nobody will listen to you, they will dismiss you. Because they are all a majority, you are one among them. I have Badaswam used to give an example, if a river is flowing, and this one person is trying to stop the river, you will be swept away. And so also you, you know, one among many, try to teach them, you will be swept away. So first, be one among them. Be like them, outwardly, not inwardly. Win their confidence, win their respect, 
by your love, by your compassion, and by your enthusiasm. And then they look up to you, when they are ready now to listen to you, then teach them. Until then, have patience. So word tolerance, patience, compassion, these are the values. And not that we claim to be wise people, but these are the values for everybody. And definitely you are wise with reference to other people who have not had the exposure to this teaching. And therefore, when you find people, Swamiji, they are telling lies, Swamiji, sort of like greedy, this Swami is one of the like. Now you understand why they are what they are. So don't get upset. Don't get angry. Don't become intolerant. In, instead, with an understanding, invoke your sympathy and compassion. Tan akrasna vidaha mandan krasnavit navichalayet. Same thing Lord Krishna says that this wise or understanding person should not unsettle their belief. Even though their belief is wrong. But then you cannot correct it. Simply by, by advising them, they have to grow to a certain maturity when they can understand what you are telling them. You tell a five-year-old child, you know, this little child goes to his father. His father is a great physics professor. And this child goes to this father and asks, it was raining. Dad, how is it, what is this rain? Where does it come from? And then dad starts giving a big lecture. You know my son, the sun is shining bright and the heat of the sun, you know, warm heats up this water and there is evaporation. By the time the fellow has already fallen asleep, you know. <laughs> then he gets up on his lap, goes into his mother, Daddy doesn't know what he's talking about. Mom, where is this rain coming from? Says, my child, do you know, there is heaven up there? Yes. All the devatas live there? Yes. The king is Indra? Yes. This Indra has a great elephant. He's called Ahiravata? Yes. So now King Indra is riding on his elephant Ahiravata. And he takes him to, to this lake of water where this elephant is drinking water and is playing with the water. He drinks water and sprays the water. That's how the rains come. And now I understand. Father, dad doesn't understand. <laughs> so now what's the use of telling this? The person is not ready to... So you must know what a person is ready to understand. No point in giving them things that they don't understand. And so, Navichalet, this wise or understanding person should not unsettle the belief of those people. Help them to grow in maturity when they are ready to understand and then you explain to them. <clears throat> so that's how that topic how a karma yogi should function amongst others is, is explained here. We'll continue with the further verses. <clears throat> Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punah Punah 
ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेदि मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः ओम शांति 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम